Hey, what's up? What's up, my man? How you doing? Good. How about yourself? Not too shabby. All right. Well, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, man. Glad to be here. I have a few things. Uh, I'm I'm gonna ask you a few questions, and uh, we'll go from there. Okay. Sounds good to me. All right. So I have my first one is how is about the card market. Okay. How do you think the card market is driven in terms of players? So do you think it's more rookie focused now or do you think like what's your take basically on on the card market itself right now? What Well, are you so for to eat, for every person it's always going to be different. There you know, there's always going to be someone that's just collecting their guy or their team's guy from the years. Um, as far as the whole, as a whole that I see more often than not, it's most people chasing the big rookies and then feeding into that habit to keep chasing those big rookies. And that's just what I've like observed over time. Me personally, not my game. You know, I'm more of a slower collector. I like to just pick up the things that I like, chase singles rather than trying to, chase and go drop you know x amount of dollars on a break for a chance at the next new hotness it's just not my thing but to each their own others do do it i mean there's no right or wrong way to collect per se so as far as but that as far as the market being driven most of the time i mean you still see vets sell pretty good but more or less it's going to be the rookies the guys that people are prospecting that could be good or you know, the next Peyton Manning or the next Tom Brady, et cetera, et cetera. I get you. I have a leading question now to that then. Okay. So I know you're a football guy, you were telling me. I don't know too much about American football, so I'm going to get your opinion. What are the best uh, young football rookies right now that you think in a few years' time will be almost like the next Brady or whoever? So... As far as the best top guys to chase after now, I mean, like I said, it's all subjective. It's about what they get built around them. The guy that I'm looking at personally that that I think will end up doing pretty well in his career will be Justin Herbert. I think that he's going to be one of those guys that we can say, you know, the not I wouldn't say the next Brady or Manning per se, but I think he's going to be one of those that's up there like, you know, the Matthew Stafford's and the Aaron Rodgers, if you will. Like, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is great, but he's only got one ring. So, I mean. All right. Okay. That's that's good. How about I, – I got another question for you then. How about uh, Jalen Hurts? What do you, what do you think he's going to he's gonna do in the next couple of years? Do you think he's going to be good or you think – Well, and, see, and honestly, I think that all depends on the Eagles organization. They give him a chance to succeed. Don't rush him out of town. If they're really going to give him, you know, the keys to the franchise, if you will, so to speak, then they need to get him some weapons and, you know, let him do his thing. I think personally, he could be another one of those elite running quarterbacks, but I got to see more out of him. He I looked good at times and then he looked awful in other times. So, I mean, he's got to show me 100% that he's going to be, you know, consistent with the. 250 yard two touchdown game you know maybe 50 rushing yards or something like that not nothing like too crazy but i gotta see more sustained uh success i guess or uh 
what's the word I'm looking for? Production over time. Consistency. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Consistency would be key for me. I have to see that before I will say that, oh, you know, he's going to be the next Michael Vick or the next Cam Newton. Do you think it was a bad move for the Eagles to get rid of Carson Wentz during the offseason? Well, do I think that they got a good deal for him? Probably not. I mean, being a starting caliber quarterback that's taken him to the playoffs and whatnot. I mean, Nick Foltz ended up winning the Super Bowl for him, but, you know, he got him there. Um, if, like I said, this goes back to the other question. If they give the keys to Jalen Hurts and say, you know, this is your team now, then, yeah, I think, it'd be, I think it was a good move. Get the older quarterback out, get the younger quarterback in. I mean, that's why they drafted him, I would assume, is to play him. And they didn't think that Carson Wentz was going to hold up or he was going to dip in free agency anyways. So, in my eyes, yes. It was a good trade. It was a good trade for both parties in the end for both parties. I mean, let's see how Wentz does for Indianapolis. And let's see what Hurts does for Philly before we really go a lot further. Uh, That's very logical. I, I would definitely agree with that, although I don't know too much. I have another question about another quarterback who struck headlines recently. Uh, he hasn't been as good as uh, he was, but what do you think about Lamar Jackson? What do you think he uh, he's capable of? Well, Lamar had, if I'm not mistaken, he had he won MVP or he's had been in the MVP conversation multiple times. So personally, I think he's another one of those good quarterbacks that could be great, but he's got to do the little things. He's got to make those throws, you know, that he overthrows or doesn't hit his guys. I do see him like maybe a. I might get some heat for this, but I'm going to say he's a cheaper man's Cam Newton in his prime. Like Cam was the man in his prime. And that's who, when I think of running quarterbacks, that's who I think of. Lamar Jackson could get there, but he's got to make the, you know, the little throws. He doesn't got to, like, he's got to keep his body healthy stop running as much and, you know, get his ball to his guys and show that he can, you know, consistently lead the offense. I mean, yeah, he's made the playoffs, but they've also had a pretty damn good defense. Nice. Who's uh, – how about the Super Bowl this year? What's your prediction? Who do you think's going to get in? It's tough because it's really early to, to say, you know, there's always that dark horse that pops up out of nowhere. If I had to take a stab today – NFC, I'm still going to take the Bucks. I don't really think they lost a whole lot of weapons as far as that goes. They had a couple guys take pay cuts to stay with the team. You know, they got a couple other weapons now. I think the Bucks are the winner out of the NFC. The AFC, it really depends on who shows up, man. I mean, if Carson Wentz kills it for the Colts, he could make it in there. You know, uh, if the, all this legal trouble gets away from Deshaun Watson, I mean – I think that they, well, no, I'm not going to say that. He's good, but the team sucks. Um, <laughs> to be honest, man, it would be a toss up probably between the Ravens and. I don't know, man. That's a good question. I don't know. I would not put my money on anybody at the moment. I am not. There's, there was too many moves. This was a big free agency. There was way too many moves to make that call at the moment. I can't even make a favorite at the moment. So you're just going to wait and see until the season and then probably – I'll probably wait till 
probably week one, week two, and then I'm going to start thinking, okay, like who, who am I seeing that's going to go a little bit further than everybody else? All right. How about who do you think the best wide receiver uh, right now in the league is? Because I know there's a lot of opinion about that, so I want to get yours on it. Well, if I didn't say this, man, I'd get a lot of hate for it. But I'm really going to go with Devontae Adams. He shows game in and game out. He's that guy. I would say in a couple years, you know, you could see maybe the Jerry Judys or the, you know, whomever. But as of right now, Devontae Adams is my number one guy. If I was picking a receiver right now, that's who I'd want. Awesome. Okay, so I've got a couple of quick fire questions for you, too. Okay. So what do you think in 10 years uh, the hobby, like hobby as a whole, is going to be regarding prices and everything? You think the bubble will ever burst or you think there is a bubble or what's your take on it? Well, I will tell you the truth. At the beginning, I really did think that there, I believe that there was a bubble. I really thought that, you know, this was this, this was this kind of a a phase that we were going to go through. But as the time has went on, I I'm going to say that this isn't a bubble. This isn't going to burst, man. This is just kind of the new norm. People are going to have to get used to it. I mean, does it suck for the average collector? Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think the flip, like the constant target stakeouts and stuff will last. I think eventually that's going to fizzle out. But more or less as far as, you know, cost of the players and things like that, you know, box breaks, singles, wax, everything's going to kind of find its median and sit there and that's just going to kind of be where we're at as collectors we're just going to have to kind of roll with it so i mean it sucks some people will get priced out but you know others are just going to have to change gears they're going to have to figure out what what would fit their bet you know fit their collecting needs the best rather than just trying to chase the new hotness they might just chase their guy instead you know so it really just changes but i personally think that this is kind of where we're at now man this is pretty much going to be the norm for a while I would definitely tend to agree with you, especially on the target thing. I think the employees are going to get a little ticked off of everybody waiting there. Eventually, Um, it will cease, I think. And more or less, you know, it'll go back to the norm as far as that goes. Or it doesn't, and you got people that out for the rest of their lives. I don't know. But I really don't think that that will end up lasting forever. I really do think that will kind of fizzle out over time. All right. How about... How about what's your best hobby story that you have? So like your favorite story of like from collecting. Okay. Well, I can actually give you two because there's two really that kind of shaped me as a collector. I'll give you the beginning and then kind of the middle of, and then, you know, then you can kind of see where I'm at from there. So first one was, I actually collected Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, you know, the normal kid stuff. When I was a kid, I didn't really look into sports cards. And, you know, back in 2014, uh, my older brother used to collect when he was a kid. And I had ran across his old collection. I just started going through it. And I was like, man, these are cool. was talking to him. And I obviously was big into sports all this time, but never even put two and two together that sports cards were a thing. So, you know, fast forward a little bit. We talk about it. We buy a couple singles and stuff on eBay. We find a couple, like, blaster boxes of Prism here and there. Like, I had that full set of 2014 Prism. I don't know where it's at now, but, you know, we had a lot of fun with it, but we had our little PCs and whatnot. Um, But what really started it was he 
found a card shop, a local card shop, uh, that was close by in Boise. So he went to Boise and bought this piece for me. It was a Kelvin Benjamin Inception RPA out of 99. And pretty much since then, that's kind of set me off into the hobby as far as like collecting goes. That was the big main first card that finally like struck the match and the fire was lit kind of thing. Awesome. And that was on. And then fast forward three years later, 2017, uh, towards the end of the year, the group that I was in did a little secret Santa. That's just kind of one of those things we try to do every year. It's cool to give back to each other, you know, and just show that love. But uh, my buddy Andy, Andy Fritz got me. And he kind of like, he, re- he we talked a lot at the beginning anyways, because we're still like getting to know each other. And he's actually a really good friend of mine now. But so he's telling me all these things. He's like, oh, do you like this guy? Do you like this guy? He knew I was a Panther fan. And he kept asking about Curtis Samuel. Knowing that McCaffrey was always obviously going to be the more expensive guy. I wasn't going to chase him. I didn't have the financial means to do that. And it wasn't just, I don't like to chase running backs. I wasn't a running back. I didn't play the running back position. It's just not a, not a position that I like to chase per se. And so build up, build up. We get to Christmas, you know, it's time. It's like Christmas week or the week before whatever. And everybody's sending everything out. And he sent me this care package that had, I don't remember the first two packs because they were just kind of like, you know, random Panthers and some random hits littered in there. And then at the last pack, it was three Curtis Samuel cards. And uh, to be honest, I can't, I know one for sure that I remember, but there were two other really nice ones that really kind of set me into collecting him. I had picked up a few hits here and there, but after he sent me, it was a prism camo out auto out of 25. That's the one that sticks out in my mind when he was just like getting into it, you know, as far as Samuel wasn't like very pricey, he was still kind of relatively unknown. So he, I'm sure he got it for a good price, but that wasn't the point. That's what really set me into the super PCing world as far as like, well, I've already got this many. Let's see how many more I can get. Hey, that's an awesome story. That's, I think uh, a lot of us can relate to that where, where like we, we started off of a guy and then we just kind of branch out into everybody else. You know what I mean? Yeah, Absolutely. Who is uh, your favorite athlete ever? It doesn't have to be a football player. It can be whoever. My favorite athlete. Well, to be honest, of all time, the one guy that I grew up idolizing like and wanting to play like and be like, I'll give you two for basketball and football because can't just give you one without the other. So football, I always wanted to be like Brett Favre. I threw like throwing motion all the way down. Like that was that was my guy. I wasn't even a Packers fan; I was a Panthers fan. But Brett Favre was just my guy. So I always wanted to be like him. You know, the gunslinger. Didn't care if I threw two picks because I threw five touchdowns, kind of thing. And then for basketball, that's an easy one. I when I seen him play for the very first time, it's just something that I was like that's something I could do and be good at it. And it was Chris Anderson. He's also known as the bird man, hence the nickname. <laughs> and he was just my favorite player, the high energy, the blocking shots, the rebounds, you know, the dunk, the, you know, the high energy points, the dunks, the hustle, all that. That was just something I could really get behind. And it was something I could be like, you know, I, cause I was realistic. I ain't no six foot five giant. and going to be dunking on the rims, you know, <laughs> yeah. I was realistic about it. So, I just styled my game as a shorter version of him. 
Hey, I'd be like Muggsy Bogues. <laughs> I'm saying I'm not. I'm pushing six one or six two ish. So like, I'm not that tall. So it was just the closest thing I could relate to because obviously everybody wants to be like Jordan, but there ain't nobody like Jordan. Yeah. The only one that you could even compare, and in my opinion, and I know I get a lot of hate for this from uh, uh, Lakers fans, but LeBron, but I don't even think he's like as good as Jordan. Although I See, don't... Sorry, I'm more of a Kobe guy myself. Growing up watching Kobe, Kobe will always be the oranges to Michael Jordan's apples, you know? Yeah. That's the closest thing that I think we have ever seen to MJ. I could be, you know, other people have their opinions and I respect it. But to me, in my opinion, Kobe was the closest thing to MJ we'll ever see. All right. I have one. I have a last one. That's uh, it's a pretty tough one because it's a subjective one. Sure. But who do you think is the greatest of all time football player? Who do you think is the GOAT? Who is the greatest of all time? Wow, man, you really got to hit me with the hard ones. You see, if you're saying like the guy that has to represent, man, you really put me on the spot with that one. That's really hard. The greatest of all time. I mean, it really depends on what you're counting for. You could say rings, you could say accomplishments. But if I had to stab one, as far as right now, our era, everything that you know we've seen and everything, I probably will catch flack for this. But I'm going to say probably Tom Brady, man. Tom Brady would probably be, at this very moment, at least for this era, the last you know 20 years or whatever, I would say that Tom Brady's the GOAT. I actually agree with you. But like I said, I don't know anything about football, so I won't speak on it either because I'm going to get some hate for it. <laughs> Um, I know you said you don't know anything about baseball. That's right. But if you had to pick a baseball team to follow, who would you who would you follow? Like who would you like support almost? Well, I'd have to go with somebody that isn't got a lot, like doesn't have a lot of fans. I don't want to be a fan of somebody that's you know. I don't want to be looked at as like a bandwagon fan. Can I convert you over to Philadelphia Phillies? I would think about it. I would think about it. Definitely a thought process that they would go into it, but they don't. I haven't heard a lot about the Phillies. So I don't. You know, I don't think they're that great. So, oh, they're not. That could be a very potential little possibility right there. Who's the most choky football team? Uh, ever like that chokes like a, a a big lead that they have the big games yeah well that's my cardiac crash man my panthers do that all the time we choke games all the way all the time but no the team it, that one's hard too man because i personally think that dallas is the one that generally chokes the most there's always so much hype about them every year in and out in and out that they're going to be great you know they're going to make a run of the Super Bowl, and then they don't. It's always fun to watch that. Um, obviously, yeah. last year it wasn't, but in general, as an Eagles fan, it's always fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, and they're always those guys that they're going to make the Super Bowl. You know, they're going to go win it. So, 
if I had to say the one team that always lets down, Dallas. They always let people down. They're like playoff runs are bust, and then they end up going eight and eight every year. <laughs> oh my! Is there anything uh, you would like to talk about or say before we wrap this up? Oh man, I think that was it. Was fun. It's definitely been fun. I would like. I'd like to come on again sometime. I'd love to have you on again. Before we go, if you want to plug your Twitter or anybody else's Twitter or anything, go for it. Now's your time. Yeah, if you want to give me a follow at mwerlinger11, that'd be cool. Awesome. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Of course, man. You have a good night, okay? Thank you very much for having me. You too. Thank you. Yep.